This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Are you thinking about doing your own podcast, but you don't know how? Well, have you heard about Anchor? It's actually the platform that I'm hosting through this right now. And yes, it's free. Not only is it free, it's super easy to use. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. It's really that easy. And guess what? You can actually make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's a big deal. So it's really everything you need in one place to make an amazing podcast. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. In five, four, three, two, one. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. What's going on? <laughs> I just wanted to make sure it was recording. Hey man, I've done that mistake seven times now. I'll never do it for an eighth. <laughs> How you guys doing today? You know it's a Thursday, which means we have Joe Jitsukawa in the house. What's Sun. up, people of the world? Yes, people. It's been a it's been a it's been a blessed, blessed month and week. I hope it's been going really great for you. Uh we've been doing certain topics that have been riling up some people's feathers here and there, but I like it. <laughs> hey, people have been really into the recent podcasts, man. Yeah. I'm getting a lot of messages, a lot of DMs, a lot of people are just supportive and they're like, Man, I love your guys' passion. Yeah. I love that you guys are representing a different voice in the asian community and i'm all like we exist yeah and a, obviously in the comments there's a lot of people that agree with us yeah but we're not speaking out we as in the people that think like us yeah so that's why we got to champion this thought man it's a huge fucking community within the community but everyone that's being represented is the weak ass bitches <laughs> for example on next shark man i i commented recently uh ben baller was talking about how Asians are like tend to be soft and we need to be harder, right? And there was so many comments in, in like just bitch ass comments, dude, yeah. trying to dissect his shit, talk shit. I'm like, all he's saying is um, you know, like toughen up to the point where you're not being a victim and you're being a problem solver. Mm-hmm. And problem solver, there's a difference between like someone who's standing up. And actually making an impact and doing something. And there's a difference between that and someone who says, I'm speaking out and spreading awareness. But in reality, you're just perpetuating bullshit. Just yeah. like how we were talking about. You're just spreading all this like weak ass stereotype shit. Yeah. It's like you're doing worse, right? Like some people, they think they're speaking out by saying, hey, we're not going to stand for this anymore. But in return, you sound like a weasel that's trying to get respect. Yeah. You don't get respect that way. And I think it's it's hard sometimes because when we did that video about kind of uh, talking about Asian masculinity and how Asian guys can't get girls, which is what a lot of people prescribe to, um, I, I think there was a big misconception where... I think we talk very passionately, right? So it sounds like there's no empathy. Like I, I, I think what I wanted people to get away from that is, yeah, we can cherry pick certain things, right? So if, for example, somebody wrote that, like he goes, hey, well, I live in Ecuador. I'm the only Asian. It's like, <laughs> well, we're not talking about you, bitch. You know we're talking I mean? about Asian Americans. And that, by the way, you're talking about a fish out of water s- scenario, which, yeah, of course, it's going to be like that for any ethnicity, though. Yeah. That, it doesn't just mean Asian people. So we're talking about people who have that power to to really change perception, right? And there was a lot of people who wrote in the comments where they said that they grew up in a predominantly white area and they dated perfectly fine. So what we're, the, the point is, is that you can't, bl- I don't want people to blanket all Asian American, the, the Asian American experience to be one thing, right? Right. So what our point in this was, is that's exactly what we're against, is creating this monolithic thought. Yeah. We're going against this thing of, hey, we're representative of the Asian of the Asian American community and this is how it is for us. There's yeah. a lot of people out there. Um, there's Asian influencers out there that are like championing this bullshit victim mentality as if it's fact. Well, because they they like the fact that people kind of attach to their to their thought and they get they get power from it, right? They're like, yeah, I'm just like you. I want to feel sorry for myself. If my heroes feel sorry for themselves, I could feel sorry for yeah. myself. And I just don't want to 
perpetuate. <laughs> I got that word down now, motherfucker. Perpetuate that shit because it's not who I am. And I, and I do understand where you're coming from, but it does take individuals such as yourself and you people out there to really stand up to that shit yeah. because it's not going to change if you just sit there and complain. It doesn't do anything. Yeah. And you know, we can, we could talk about this and I'm not saying it's easy, right? It is difficult. And even sometimes, and, and that perspective helps out a lot too, because for me, it wasn't very difficult because I didn't put that mental block in my head and I started making things happen for myself. Mm-hmm. So uh, a big misconception too was like, they're like, uh, somebody wrote, well, I think you guys live in a certain bubble because I don't think you guys have clearly dated people outside who are Asian. And I'm like, bro, you clearly don't know anything because Bart has been married and been with a Mexican woman for the longest time. Yeah. Casey has also been with a Mexican and married uh, a Mexican woman. Bart was, um, Joe was with a, a white girl for five fucking years. Yeah, I've publicly, actually, but before that, I've dated a lot of Asian girls and Latin. I mean, like, it's just literally, beef, you know, publicly is what you saw. Exactly. But I've dated multicultural, like, it's... It's crazy how people think. Yeah. And, you know, depending on where you live to, you probably live in an area. Yeah. Let's just say that you live in an area where there aren't, a, you're like the only one or two, three Asians out there. So, yeah, people are going to have certain thoughts about you, about a culture that they don't know or understand. But that goes for anything, though, yeah. is what I'm saying. Like, you can't you can't take that very specific instance of yourself being a fish out of water and saying that's how it is for everybody because it's not. Yeah. And then you, and I guess at the end of the day, what I'm trying to say is that I'm on your side. Like, I want to exactly I, I want to really just like boost up your self-esteem and say that even though you are in a like a disadvantageous situation specifically in the dating game where you are that only asian guy out there and people have they might may have certain negative stereotypes that prevent them from dating you you have a chance to prove something prove these people wrong and to show why you're so great and why your culture is great too and that's what i think that's what masculinity is yeah masculinity is really going for the goal you're not stopping at the first sign of resistance because you don't deserve the dating and you don't deserve the girl or the job or anything if you don't fight for it. Yeah. So when I take it from these guys, right, or these people in general, when they say, oh, but we got it harder than them. Or if they say something like, well, they don't have to deal with the same type of uh, stigma that we do. And I'm like, OK, that might be true. And I do agree. You know, for some girl from some groups, it might be easier. But at the same time, who cares? Yeah. Who cares if it's easier? So fucking what? You have to work harder. At the end of the day, I guarantee you, when you work hard for something, you cherish it that much more. Yeah. You shouldn't have to audition to erase to a racist. Obviously, if there's girls out there that just already judge you before you even get with them, they're not even your type. They shouldn't be your type. Are you that desperate to the point where you have to convince these women? You don't have to audition for them. But all I'm saying is you also have the power to go, you don't know nothing. Let me show you how awesome I am. And that's what a fucking man does. He doesn't go, oh, you don't like me. Mm," And you fucking turn around and cry. I just also (laughs) exactly. (laughs) I wear many masks like I I don't. I also don't want people to find the research behind statistics to stay the way that they are. And I think that's what a lot of these young guys are doing. Right. They're like, well, did you see what OkCupid wrote? OkCupid said that it's very hard for age. It's like, cool. But you keep finding reasons for you to stay down right. all the time instead of finding a reason for you to stand up and then kind of fight for what you want. And that's what a man does. Yeah. In my opinion, if you want to talk about masculinity, right, a man is a leader. A man takes what the fuck they whatever situation they get and makes the best fucking soup out of it. Right. So if you're letting yourself go, well, why try anyway? No woman finds that attractive. I guarantee you. That's that's the uh, mentality that bothers me. It's it's you want to parry parry cherry pick evidence that bolsters your negative thoughts and say why try because these factors over here says that I say that I'm not attractive and it's like that's the thing that's hard for me to get onto. That's the bad yeah. wagon I don't want to get on. I don't know? because to me that's failing before you start mm-hmm. and I don't have that mentality in life in period. 
And I and I think we're specifically talking about dating, but it I'm pretty sure these guys they apply this to everything. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that they're not living their dreams or doing a lot of things. And I can make this generalization because once you have a successful type of mindset that makes you overcome obstacles, you will apply this system of thinking to almost everything you do in life. Yeah. Because if you are a go-getter, you're just going to be a go-getter. That's that's all that is. Like, I mean, if you, you're not going to be a go-getter in sports and then, like, not be a go-getter in other things. You know, I, I don't think, hopefully this is not a generational thing, but I have had a couple of conversations uh, with people who are, I don't know, I'd say six or seven years younger than me, right? Which isn't that big of an age gap, but it seems like it is an age gap in terms of where they're at mentally and kind of the things that they really believe keeps them down, which is the stuff that I, I like to refute a lot, right? Yeah. So, you know, we talk about perspective a lot and though it sounds really repetitive, it's very important because how I see other people's situation when they complain about things, not to say that I'm not empathetic and you can't complain about things that make you feel bad, but it's really just believing in the fact that you can't do anything about your situation. That's really hard for me to really kind of agree with, right? So right. F- for example, I had a conversation with a young lady, a really good friend of mine, amazing individual. And, you know, she's working a full-time job and she's like, um, like I kind of worked towards this thing that I thought was going to be great. I'm finally at where I want to be and it's not as great as I thought. And now I have to find a new job. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And, you know, in my mind, and, you know, she was going on like an hour diatribe about how terrible her life is. But in my opinion, I'm like, okay, so you somehow managed to get the successful career that you wanted in two years. That's fucking wild. And you're still fucking young. You're still in your mid-20s, which means you still have a shit ton of time to figure out. You have no kids, no debt, no nothing. Yeah. Uh, Life is pretty good right now, man. It's all perspective. It's all perspective. It's like you have this ability to, with nothing holding you down financially or physically. Yeah. And now you just have to figure out a new job and like, well, I've been trying. And like, I think like her thing that she was saying is like, well, in your career, you could kind of create your own destiny. I was like, cool. Well, if you want my career... Then work for it then. Yeah. Don't 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 look it's at it's not like you fucking shitted your career out and you got lucky. Exactly. You <laughs> fought for it. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like if you want to fight for what I have, be my guest. You can. But how I got to be where I am now, yeah. You're you're only seeing the 10 spot, but you're not seeing number one through nine that I had to go through to get here. You didn't see the fact that I had to sell all my shit to come to this place. You didn't see the fact that I had a couple hundred dollars in my bank account living off of ramen with a fucking spring mattress and a single desk. Like you weren't there for that moment. Right. And I never and I never did this thing where I showed people how lavish I lived because I never got to that point. So it's like it was a it was a very hard grind for me to end up where I am. And I just showed a lot of gratitude uh, during that process. So I still carry that gratitude all the way through, even when it was tough, yeah. when I had these opportunities to do stand up without any pay, but I got a five minute spot. Then I got a 10 minute spot. You but know? what's not fair is that when people see where we are, where we're at or whatever, they go, Oh, easy for you to say, because all you're doing is talking about, you know, how you did it through hard work, but you guys got lucky. And to me, it's a lot of bullshit when people say that because what they're doing is they're discrediting how much sacrifices we made, yeah. how many fucking 70 hour weeks or whatever the fuck we did, sleepless nights, spending two hours to sleep every single night for four days straight, yeah. how many birthdays we missed, families, things, Weddings. deaths that we, there's things that we've sacrificed to fucking get here. Yeah. But they're discrediting, they're discrediting all of that. And they're saying, well, that's because you got lucky. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, motherfucker. The reason why I talk so much shit and the reason why I spread this stuff and the reason why I do it because I care so much. And I want other people to realize that if you wanted to, there is an alternative. You don't have to do what people tell you to do. You don't have to do that. There is an alternative. There is a way out if you don't like where you're at. And the only reason why I care so much is because I wish someone told that shit to me when I was younger. Oh, yes, for right? sure. And when I see it in them, it pisses me off because I'm almost kicking myself saying, hey, get the fuck up, man. Yeah. So when there are people that are down and out, sure, I could approach it in a more nurturing and loving way. But the frustration comes from a place of, God damn it, dude. I, I care so much. I want you guys to to realize it. I want everyone to realize it. I think there's a huge problem in our community. Like the reason why it's never good enough for a lot of people is because culturally we're taught that way from our parents, right? 
This podcast is brought to you by Skillshare, my friends. Are you about lifelong learning? Well, let me tell you about Skillshare, my friends. Let's have you learn on your own accord, on your own time. Let's have a huge database for knowledge that you could pick apart from, from people who know what they're talking about. That right there is Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community where millions come together to take the next step in their creative journey. Thousands of inspiring classes for creative and curious people on topics including illustration, design, photography, video, freelancing, and more. Skillshare offers classes designed for real life so you can move your creative journey forward without putting it on hold. You can learn and grow with short classes that fit your busy route. The class that I enjoy, especially for people out there that want to get into photography, you have to know how to use your tools. So I go to the class of fundamentals of DSLR photography. It's actually a great course. It gets you a lot of the knowledge that you'll skip by just by clicking that that red button every time that you shoot. Uh, the DSLR is, is more complicated than that, and it does require some know-how, especially for those of you out there that really do want to take your hobby a little more seriously than just clicking away at a button. So give that class a go if you sign up or when you sign up because it will help you out. So explore your creativity and get two free months of premium membership at Skillshare.com slash brain. That's two whole months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. Uh, get started and join today by heading to Skillshare.com slash brain. That's two free months of unlimited access to thousands of classes at Skillshare.com slash brain. Go harder, go harder. You got to get A pluses, whatever. So even if you get the good grade, it's like you're supposed to get the good grade. Mm-hmm. You never celebrate your wins. Yeah. So over the years, I, I try my best to figure out what to do in these situations, how to rewrite my program. And that's why I came out with like 90 Days to Freedom and things like that, because I think people don't have the right support and mentality to get out of the situation that they're in. Yeah. And also, too, it's, you know, as I say these things, you know, whatever you're going through, though, it seems very large and um, very hard to get through and as I give this advice, I'm still actually going through what you're going through. I'm just handling it a lot differently, right? So I'm still, it's a figuring out process. Though I am, though I have a general idea of what I want to do now, five years from now, four years from now, maybe six or 10, it might change. And I have to accept that fact. I think that change part scares a lot of people. They go, well, what if I do this? And then three years down the line, I don't want to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. That's life, bitch. That happens all the time. You are not guaranteed anything in this life. The only <laughs> thing that you're fucking guaranteed in life is death. That's about it. I think that's it. the thing is the uncertainty, right? It scares so you them. You have to go back to ha- being confident and not just masculinity, but just being a leader. You have to walk into risk knowing that it might be wrong, but who the fuck cares because you made a decision and you're going to follow it through. And this is the type of confidence and certainty and whatever that I want to teach people because like at the end of the day, whether it's dating, love, like long-term relationships or whatever it is, a marriage and, and, and all that, it's like a business deal, but with even more with emotions and things. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and if both partners aren't leaders, a lot of damage can happen. If you have two fucking kids dating and that, that's what usually happens is mm-hmm. two selfish little kids are dating and then they could be 40. It doesn't matter. They keep going through all these divorces because they haven't figured out how to fucking lead themselves. Yeah. And when I see this shit out there from incels and everyone, like there's not a fucking leader among them. Nobody speaks as if they're ready to take shit into their own hands, change their situation and make it better for themselves. Mm -hmm. And I really want I don't want to just say this generation, but people in general, I'm really like out here trying to change all of that, because I think whenever we've been on JK News, a lot of this stuff that we talk about. It's really to change that thought and to kind of change perspective and show that there is another way of living and and by living it, thinking it, having friends that also think the same way and support that thought. I feel like a lot of people want to be like that, but in their own friends and family, they get stuck Mm. because a lot of people push them down. Crabs in the bucket, you know, Mm -hmm. they don't want to challenge themselves to do better. So they don't want other family members and friends to do differently because then it's going to make them feel like shit. And, and I see a lot of this and it's really smart to have that type of mentality too. And I've learned this from other people that this is not something that I thought of, but a, a lot of the times people find things to blame for the reason why they didn't get a specific amount of success, even though they follow these certain steps. And the reason why is because people are 
they truly believe that there's a certain amount of certainty in life, right? And because they don't have that stability and certainty and it didn't happen, even though they made the right choices, they say, fuck everything. Why do I try at all? Mm-hmm. But like I said before, the only thing guaranteed in your life is fucking death. That's really about it. Yeah. And why I say this is because sometimes some of you motherfuckers out there, and this was me when I was younger, it's like I would read this book, this inspirational book. And it's like this motherfucker told me that I w- my life was going to change. I did X amount of things and it didn't change the way that I wanted to. And they feel like it's a waste of time. Yeah. But it's not a waste of time, though. Like you leveled up in one type of way or another. And that's just how life turns out to be. You try yep. something out. If it doesn't fucking work, you pick up your pieces and you move on and you try something else after that. The biggest, biggest problem that... I personally had was my my problem of, of inactivity due to too many options. It's something that I'm still going through right now that I really have to learn how to cut all the bullshit out, stick to stick to a plan and just see it through all the way. It's funny because some people don't even know what their passion is and you got like 20. Yeah. I'm the same way, bro. Yeah. I got a lot of shit I love. Yeah. That's the hard part, right? I got a lot of shit I love and I want to do really well. Yeah, we're yeah. just, we're weighed, we're, we're in an age of luxury. We're weighed down by a lot of options. And I've said this before with my buddy Chris when he was on, you know, Christina Soso. It's like, you're not really lost. You're just, you have too many options. You don't know what to pick, you know, but you it's have like a, to pick something. And, yeah. and it's very counterintuitive. When I hear people, they say this, they go, well, okay, I got this, this, and that, but I don't want to waste my time if I do this and it turns out I'm good at something else. So conversely, you're just going to sit around and do nothing. Either way, you're wasting time. Yeah, I could, I could relate too because um, I switched my major like fucking five, six times. Hey man, double major, fucking four minors, baby. Yeah, because we on in that stage, in the early stages, I, I'm sure if you're listening, you're at you're, if you're 20, 19 years old or whatever, you're probably in college and you're probably like, man, I don't know what I'm going to choose for the rest of my life, yeah. you know? And I've been there too where I'm like, oh, should I be a music major? Should I be in medical? Should I be a psychiatrist? Should I be this? And it's hard to choose before you even you even taste that world, because mm-hmm. a lot of my friends who are professionals, they went through mad years of schooling. They got their bachelor's, they got their master's, and then they go into engineering, they go to accounting, whatever. And then two years into it, they realize this is not for me. A lot of our business partners, almost all of our business partners, actually in the restaurant group, they have a professional degree. Uh, June's a lawyer. Mm. Uh, Jeremy, he has a master's uh, in in um, engineering, uh, civil engineering. Um, I think Anna built a business. She knew what she wanted after her bachelor's. And then Dan actually had a, a restaurant. Yeah. But also, uh, there are people within the group, too, that have degrees that they don't use, such as me. Like, I have a psychology degree. You know, I I guess I kind of use it. Because what we do involves mm-hmm. psychology, but I'm not in the field. I'm not like a licensed psychologist or anything. Yeah. So what I tell people is just choose something. You don't have to stick with it, but choose something that your heart says, this is what I want to learn. This is what I want to kill it at. Because don't do the thing where a lot of people do. They go, they, they, make, a, they make a sacrifice. They'll yeah. go, well, I guess this makes enough money and I can kind of learn to love it. That's what most people fucking do, right? And they all regret it. I don't know one motherfucker that did that and they're, they're in a lackluster job and they're like, you know what? I learned to live with it and I, I think it's cool. I've rarely fucking seen that happen. In most cases... What people do is they'll be like, I guess I could learn to love this. It pays well. They get into it. They fucking hate it. And they go, I always knew what I wanted to do. Why didn't I have the courage to do that? Yeah. And this is the same thing with the whole masculinity talk we were talking about or dating or whatever. Deep down inside, people know what they want. They know the type of love they want. They know the person that they want to date. They know their preferences or whatever. But do they go out there and get what they want? I don't know. Yeah, and if and, and if all also too there are, there's a certain amount of people out there that are you know, they're happy with where they're what they're doing and you know, their ambitions kind of lie where they're at right now. That's also okay too. There's a lot of group there's there's only a set amount of people in this world that's really going to be a leader, right? Yeah. Really. Like I mean you could be a leader in your community or in your own life and that's great, but you know, that's what I'm saying like when you sometimes when you read these books and you know, you sign up for certain things and 
the, the point of those things aren't to tell you that you're guaranteed success. What it is, is trying to get you into the right mind state so you can be yeah. as successful as you can be when you try to tackle these things, right? Because th that's the variability in life. Like you have to accept that shit. It even goes, it even bleeds into a lot of people who are trying to find happiness. There's so many people out there, especially when I talk to people who have dealt with a lot of depression, was a belief in certainty. Like they, they look at somebody else and they see certainty in somebody else's happiness. They yeah. go, how come I'm not happy like that? What, why do I feel this way? Why do I feel sad? You know, and obviously there's, there's a whole scientific thing about depression and, you know, the chemical imbalance in your head. We're not going to get into that, but, but a lot of the, uh, common traits of depression is people think grass is greener. Yeah. Like I've seen that a lot. And you guys heard me talk about depression a lot with a lot of guests who have come on here. And that has been the common factor in a lot of their stuff was, yeah. was, was that concept. And it's it's hard to kind of break out of that shit. But it does take it does take you as an individual to kind of take individual individual to take that step. Yeah. I mean, it's scary, too, because it's a confidence issue. Right. Like you've been taken care of most of your life. Most people that are listening, your parents or whatever. Right. And then here comes adulthood. Now you have to make your own decisions, but you weren't taught how to think for yourself. The school told you what you what to do. Your parents told you what to do. Um, you weren't really taught to think and, and lead your own self, your own mind, right? Even the way you dressed, people taught you how to do that. Then you might explore, you might find individualism in different styles or whatever, or, or like a political thought or whatever. And then you become a full on adult, you get your job, you go into your career, but still people are telling you what to do. You have a boss, whatever, whatever. So when a human is built this way, it's difficult for them to take full responsibility and full anything. And I don't blame them for that because all their lives they were led and they were always fighting against someone who was telling them what to do. Mm. But how do you get someone like that? And all of a sudden overnight, okay. You're an adult now. Be an adult. That's hard. That's like Asian Asian parents, right? Like the stereotype is like they say you can't date. And and then when you hit late 20s, they're like, why aren't you married yet? Yeah. And it's like, what the fuck? You said I can't fuck or date or anything. Yeah. I didn't have practice. And then all of a sudden, like I'm socially awkward and all this stuff and I don't have any friends. And all of a sudden you want me to be married? Yeah. Like what's wrong with your shit? They, they, they kind of sell them on the same dream too of, and it might be an Asian or just an immigrant parent thing of they say shit like, where if you go to college, you'll get a big paying job. That's the already the rhetoric is wrong. It's yep. not that you go to college, you get a big paying job. It's your chances are higher for you to be successful in life. That's really yeah. what it is. It just it gives you the better probability. And we've talked about how people are hired before and what those degrees are for. And you ask any person that hires somebody what that degree's for. It's just an easy way for us to be like, cool. I want people with a with a diploma or a degree because I know that they can follow instructions and yeah. they have they can follow through with something. And then everybody else will interview them after these people because these are I the see. pick of our litter. Nobody looks at your fucking grades really, yeah. especially in a, well maybe when I hire people, I don't go A plus B plus C plus. Yeah, <laughs> I've never really fucking done that. Yeah, you know, so it it, it helps your probability because you know a lot of the times these parents they do set up their kids for failure because they yeah. keep telling them about this promised land that's not there. They don't teach them steps. Like my dad used to get upset at me for not knowing how to do things, but. I remember we got, I used to fight with him about this, like, because you never let me do it. Yeah. Every time I try it, you go, give me that shit. You don't know what you're doing. You're dumb. It's like, yeah. well, let me fucking try. And then if I don't want to try, he goes, why aren't you doing it? It's like, cause you're going to take it away from me anyway. So why even try at this point? That's true. Like you're going to get mad. Um, and you know, for him, it kind of came from a really good place in his heart, but he didn't see the negative effects it had on me as a child. Mm -hmm. But I eventually, even in that relationship, I had to say, hey, I'm going to fucking do this. And we butted heads all the time Damn. because of it. It was so fucking hard. It's almost like he I, I feel like he had this point where he just didn't want me to fail. So he would try to do things for me. Mm -hmm. But then if I did something and I failed, it was still my fault. Damn. So it was like he didn't want it's it confusing. to. It's uh, confusing. Yeah. I just didn't know what the fuck to do. But it goes back to the whole leadership, right? He really didn't know how to lead you yeah. and how to help guide you. He just kind of shot in the dark with no point yeah and then he fucked that up obviously yeah so it's all it's i think it's like a generational thing of like not breeding good leaders even in asian culture right it's confucianism you just kick up the idea to the top yeah so your dad listens to grandpa listens to government listens to whatever 
no one's developing independent thought. So I don't blame, you know, Asian American males or whatever. I don't blame them for not being a leader. I'm just like now I, I have the tools to and I think I've done it for for a long time where I want to show other people how to do it, too, mm -hmm. because we need more leaders in our community that can fucking take the bullets and say, fuck it, let's go, let's roll. Mm -hmm. I want other like minded um, Asians or just people in general mm -hmm. that are down to take responsibility, are down to take their own lives into their own hands and change the system and change the way that things are, right? So change perception. Don't just fucking complain about it. Like, if you are someone that might be undesirable or whatever, get yourself out there and show the world how fucking beautiful we are. Yeah. Inside, outside, the way we are, just in general, right? You're the best salesman to do it. The, per the real life experience that people have of you, your culture or whatever, that's the impression that people get. Not fucking Hollywood, not all these other things. Like, obviously, if there's no Asians in your in their neighborhood, that's what the information that they get. But if you're the access, right? Unfortunately, because there's no representation, you are the representative. Mm -hmm. I know it sucks to have the whole race on your shoulders, but that's the burden that we got. Because... You know, it's just you got to play your cards that you're given. Don't get mad. Get ahead. And that's what I say. Don't get even. Get ahead. You always want to fucking win and change the whole thing. Um, going back to the whole reason why Asian parents might be the way they are setting up their kids like that for college. I think there's two things. My mom once told me that she was surprised that the system was different for education here versus Japan. She says out there, if you kill it in high school, you get that. You, there's just like a test that that determines what college you go to. Like their entrance exams, yeah. Yeah, and once you pass this test at a high level, you basically, that test determines the rest of your life. If you get a high high, high test score, you, you pretty much accept it into the top Ivy Leagues of Japan. You go in there, you're pretty much, if you high score or whatever, you're pretty much accepted into the top positions or the top businesses or the whatever, right? Korea might be very similar. Yeah, so very similar, yeah a lot of Japanese kids or maybe Chinese or Korean or whatever, if the system is the same, when they come to America, they don't question that it might be different here because the language barrier and all that stuff. So they just go kill it in those tests. Do really, really well. Um, once mm, you that get, makes sense, yeah. and then once you get that, she's like, you're guaranteed a job because mm -hmm. that's how it worked in their generation, in, in their country. Another thing I think is if you're the first Asian of your, or if you're the first person of your family to become a university student, chances are your parents aren't college educated. I mean, of course, they're not college educated. They're not high school educated, maybe. Chances are they're not, they're illiterate. Chances are they're war refugees. They have no fucking idea. They heard from someone, hey, you got to be a pharmacist. You got to be a doctor. You got to be whatever. So they press that shit to their kids. Another thing is I know in the Vietnam War is um, they re they saved all the doctors because they're like, oh, we need them for society when we rebuild. So don't kill the doctors yeah. or don't kill the, the medical people. So they're like, oh, you know, pharmacists, doctor, medical, that's the jobs that are not risky. You become one. You're respected in society. So those are the things that that are kind of ingrained in their minds and they're doing their best to kind of tell their kids to be that. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense, too. And it's it's <laughs> I, I talked to this one young lady who was talking, who said one of the most ridiculous things. And I remember I was just clowning on her ass because I was like, oh, we've known each other for a while now. So I'm just going to say what I'm going to say. You can take it however. And what she was basically saying was. Oh, well, like if I fail at certain things, I, I'm just afraid of what the community is going to look at. The community. Exactly, bro. I was like, the fucking, co who the fuck are you, is she dude? An influencer? No, she's nobody. I was like, what community are you talking about? That means you Our think, church or you something? think, I guess so. It's, I think you think way too much about people. And what I told her, I was like, who the fuck are you? Dude, a lot of people are fucking narcissistic like that. You know that? Yeah, like, what is this community you're speaking about? They're all going to talk about me. Yeah, they're all gonna fucking talk about me. <laughs> yeah. It's like who? Who's all like your mom and your brother? Yeah, your aunt. I mean, you know, there are rumors that spread, 
but it goes in and out like that. People are not dwelling on your fucking life. They're really not, man. And I, I might have told the story before, but there was a church that I used to work for. And just to say how how fucking people can even try to tarnish your name, but even that shit starts to disappear because I used to work for this church and uh, it was a church that my dad started up. But long story short, that guy, after he begged me to stay to be a youth minister there, to continue, you know, go to San Francisco and become a youth minister, I told him I couldn't. It was an amazing thing. We left, you know, I got a cake and everything. I said my goodbyes and I moved on. Well, my buddy Ray, his parents still attended that church after. Well, that pastor told everybody that when I left, I made a huge scene uh, to a bunch of church members like in his office I made a huge scene I cursed him out told him that the church is trash and I fucking left and I rebuked him and so I was he like he lied he lied and I was like why did he say that about me I got a cake yeah. <laughs> you son of a bitch uh, well t- lo-, lo and behold long story short too that guy actually stole like 50 grand from the church and bounced what so a he, crazy he was a crook yeah. and I was like why the fuck was it? But there was people in that community, that community, that small Korean community that thought of me like I was fucking garbage, even though I didn't do it. And people don't talk about it now. Yeah. My life has moved on and that shit hasn't affected me at all. And who cares? Who at the, the fuck end cares? Of the day, who the fuck cares? Yeah. But a lot of people are worried about the community. Yeah. What would the community think? What community, man? Just live your own fucking life. We're also wired to like worry about the village. Oh yeah. no, the village is not going to accept us. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's just such a weird concept. Like to to sit there and just worry about the small people around you. That that at the end of the day, people forget. Constantly. They have their own lives to live. Like even I mean, I mean obviously we're not talking about like Cosby raping eighty girls, right? Obviously people never forget that type of shit. But we're talking about you maybe failing at something or embarrassing yourself or something. Maybe not getting the job that you wanted. Who the fuck cares? Maybe failing medical school. Yeah, yeah, I mean, a few aunts might go around and fucking gossip, but their lives are that boring. They got to gossip about you. That's even sadder, That's bro. really sad, man. That's uh, fucking sad. My, my, my best friend in Sacramento, his uh, he has somebody that was in his graduating class because um, he's a doctor. Uh, that guy was like in his almost 50 years old. And he, wow. he originally was doing like community shit. Right, like helping out, like low income. Well, what the community thing? Well, yeah. <laughs> I think, like, I don't want to, and I'm, I'm making a generalization right here, but something around like social service or some shit like that, yeah. help, helping the community out, like something like that. And he made a switch, and he was like, "I'm going to become a doctor." He has a family, he has a wife, he has wow. kids, and then he and he went to medical school. That's dope, right? And talking about the guy's fucking fifty, dude, yeah. like damn near almost fifty years old, and he made that change. So. He, I, what the fuck? That's cool. You know? Yeah. So if somebody at, who's, you know, inundated with family ties, you know, he has bills to pay, he has a wife, uh, he can make that change. He doesn't give a fuck about what people think. I'm pretty sure you can too. And the biggest difference is, is like who that individual is. Like I, I met him. He's a very just nice dude. He, you know, he kind of stands up really tall and he goes for what he wants in life. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, I want to shake people. Like, why do you think you're that important? Yeah. Why the fuck do you think you're that fucking important that people you think that people are sitting there wondering what you're doing all damn day? And if they do talk about you, it'll be so brief. It'll be 20 minutes out of their time or less. It's like even the way like we sometimes hate somebody. Right. Like we we fucking dislike somebody and we sit around and we talk shit about them all day. But then at the same time, I'm like, why do we do that? Like, do you think that person sitting around thinking about us like that? Nope, probably not. And we're just wasting our fucking time and energy on, on on an individual that doesn't really give a fuck about you. They're saying like, I forgot who 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 said this quote, but it was like, when you try to destroy your enemies by hating them, it's like drinking poison, wishing that they died. Mm, that's fucking good. Yeah, right. Because yeah. you're sitting there. You're the only person that you really hate. Like when you hate somebody, the only person that that suffering is you. Yeah, they can't feel that. You know, that's true. That's fucking really good. That's actually great. That's a great fucking analogy. It's true. Yeah. Because we spend all of our time and energy on somebody that doesn't really think about us like that. And nothing changes. Nothing happens. We just waste our time and our spirit. And that's it. Yeah. It just depletes us constantly. We're just being depleted 24 fucking seven while this person thrives on our hate. I like pretending to hate, though. It's so fun. For sure. Like, I love pretending petty because... It's also not fun to be so above it that you don't feel anything. Mm-hmm. Like I like to explore these natural uh, 
human feelings of like pettiness, jealousy, envy. It's kind of fun to go in. And I like having enemies too. It could also be fuel too. You could also use that as fuel. Yeah. Like sometimes it's it's a really good thing. Like uh, my manager always says too, I'm like, yo man, these people don't think I could do it. He's like, who's these people? (laughs) The community. community. I was like, the community don't think I could do it. I got to fucking show them, show them what's up. He goes, dude, I think everybody thinks you could do this. I'm like, nah, they don't believe in me. I got to show them what's up. Because you're driven by that. (laughs) I love it too. Because I mean, when we did that uh, podcast about the whole Asian masculinity thing, like I, it was a trending topic, right? There were some stuff that was posted on Next Shark. I saw this podcast um, on on the Asian Hustle Network. I responded to. I was debating some other people, and I was like, "Man, this is a to- this is a fucking topic right now." Yeah, we gotta fucking say our point because you know, whenever something comes up. I used to do this thing where I'm like, man, that shit's petty. I'm above it. Mm-hmm. But then late, the, then my thoughts and my words were never represented. So I was like, hold the fuck up, man. There's like all these bitches saying the same shit. Fuck them bitches because I don't think that way. I need to speak up. Yeah. And then when we did that video, a lot of people were like, oh, thanks, Joe. Like, Fuck, man, I thought I was the only one surrounded by all these cowards. Yeah. And now you're the one that's actually like saying the truth. Yeah. And, you know, for if you have friends like that in your circle that that speak like that, I say, like, don't even come at them really hard unless they're fucking annoying as shit. But try to uplift them and like show them something a little better. Yeah. That's all, man. Because I'm really just trying to show you what you what the ability out there for you guys to do the stuff that you really feel like you can't do because it's it's really is a mentality flip. That's true, because we sound like we're saying, shut up, you incel bitch. Yeah. But in reality, we're, we're saying, hey, little bro. Life doesn't have to be that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we just have uh, our, our own way of fucking saying things. Shit, yep. man. Well, um, we actually have that. Uh... Oh, let's do it. Oh, shit. <laughs> so we had a, uh, uh, we have this big fan by the name of Christian King, Christian Lopez. Big ups to you. He's um, pretty well known. And I guess the disabled community, He he's, uh, he's a... He, what would you say like an influencer he does his own thing but he's a big supporter of us and i really he created oh my god he's even wrote one for you and mariel i uh-huh. i decided to open this together because it says genius brain right and i wanted oh, to read it out loud yeah so it says david and mariel wait a minute i thought he was gonna have something for genius brain this is just for me and that's david <laughs> and mariel anyways i'll read this one um to the king of jomalia Congratulations on Danger Boys. It's great to finally meet you. Thank you for existing. JKF was one of the first videos I've ever seen back when I didn't know what YouTube was. Being one of the first people to listen to your 30 Days of Freedom during its beta phase helped me out big time. And seeing you upload again on YouTube lit a fire in me to upload again after six-month hiatus. Watching your videos got me motivated to upload things that I'm interested in. I share my spoken word poems, wheelchair POV of my concert experience, and wheelchair tips on living life with a disability. Thank you for creating the Citizens of Jomalia Facebook and Jomalian Academy. The groups are very supportive. I shared my first wheelchair, wheelchair tip Wednesday video and got so much love and great feedback. Jomalian Academy helps me a lot, especially with topics that I didn't learn in school. I look forward to learning more things in your academy. Wishing you a happy and awesome 2020. Thanks, Christian, man. Yeah, I actually met Christian um, when uh, Tim and I were doing this. Uh, well, it was Tim's show, and they had me guest on his thing where it was like a game show f- with, uh, with I think, was it Laugh House or was it? I forgot which comedy club it was, but we were basically doing like stand-up jokes, and it's a game show. And then he came out, and the kid was like super, really super supportive. But he's on, um, yeah, I think he supports everybody in the JKF network. Yeah. And um, it's kind of cool to see like what people get out of what we do. Like, it's weird because... Uh, I think up until maybe probably like this year, which is only like two months in, I never really had a purpose to really, I mean, it sounds weird to kind of help people. It was just only for me to speak my mind and hopefully people will agree with it. Or if they don't, then that's okay too. Yeah. Right. But now that I see the positive effects that it have, that's, that's honestly one of the reasons why I like going to some of these college shows is because I get to see the, the, the positive effects I have on people. Right. Not in just like entertaining them, like just, Oh, it's like you make an impact. Yeah. Yeah. It's beyond just making some, Somebody laugh. It's yeah. just that it's that thing where it's like I never 
got to be around people like you. So when I got to hear what you said on these videos, like it really helped me out through a lot of these. And that's what it's all about is opening up their reality. For me, it's opening up people's worlds, right? I really want to be a part of that process because I enjoy connecting with people all over the world. Mm -hmm. And also I like to share my thoughts because most of these thoughts and conversations that we have, um, to me, it's like sharing growth with each other and going through the mistakes, going through life. And again, making sense of that and sharing it again. And I think that's what brings us together as just a human community. It's not a race thing. It's not a culture thing. It's just being fucking human. And mm-hmm. it's hard to navigate this shit. And it can get, and it can be really hard. But then when I'm out just speaking and doing this, what I'm hoping is I can relieve that just a little bit for people mm-hmm. and they won't feel so alone. And so... What we want to do also is do Genius Brain Live. So if y'all are yeah. a part of colleges or whatever, just email us. And I think it's in the description or whatever. Yeah. They could let us know because I want to do this real life. I think we make more of an impact when we speak to them face to face. Yeah. You know, lear- you know, just to go back to what I was saying too, like learning is a process that we're all going through at the same time. So it's not really, I don't want people to think that I'm like preaching at them, right? It's just thoughts that I'm thinking about. Uh, that I always tell myself to consistently. So, um, cause if you're in a mind state where somebody, sometimes they say things to you, you know, they try to impart some type of wisdom. And then your first thought is, Oh, you think that you're better than me. You're already in a bad space. It's like, dude, <laughs> when people ask me that, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I guess I am. Man. Cause I'm, I'm learning shit all the time. man. I actually just had, uh, I'm not sure if it's going to be out by the time this comes out, but if it is, but there's a guy named, uh, Jesse, uh, Jesse, uh, Oh shit, Garcia. No, just that's Juicy Smolye, but Jesse from he was in um Narcos. Oh, cool. Yeah, so you know, looked looked him up too. Um just crazy IMDB page. He guy's been a working actor for so fucking long. But you know, just having him come on and somebody who's older than me that has a perspective on like entertainment and acting really opened up my eyes too. Like I'm always learning shit, right? Like yeah. he was telling me that my language and my perspective about acting is wrong. And I and I kind of listened to what he had what he had to say and it, it helped me out. I don't know everything. I don't know shit, to be honest with you. I'm the dumbest motherfucker out there, but I'm always willing to learn. So Yeah. I think it's all about sharing what you know for now. Cause for me too, I I also leave up. I mean, we've been on JK News for what, eight plus years. I leave up everything mm-hmm. because there are things that I got wrong or I believed back then that I don't believe today. But also I want to show that there's growth mm-hmm. and everyone should continuously learn and grow. And it's okay to be fucking wrong, man. Yeah. And we're all just shooting in the dark thinking that we got it up. We got life so far, right? So what I'm just trying to do is play it forward is like, hey, most of our uh, listeners, they might be 10 years younger than us, five years younger than us. Um, So hopefully we did do life in a way where we're ahead of them because what would suck is, you know, you hear about a 16-year-old who's also an astronaut and fucking already (laughs) has a billion-dollar business and you're like, damn. Okay, well, let me ask him some questions then. Right? Fucking bitch. But I'm just trying to be big brother. Yeah. Because I wish I had that. Mm-hmm. And cool. that's how I'm giving back value to the world, you know? Yeah. Hopefully somebody takes something away from this. I mean, so obviously I'm not all the podcasts are ever this serious, but it is something that I did want to bring up just because there were so many things like comments written in that video that I wanted to respond to because not, not because I care that I, people misheard what I said. You want to go through those motherfuckers? We can actually. Shit. Let's talk some shit. I feel <laughs> like fucking fighting right now, motherfucker. <laughs> Uh-huh. Let's talk some shit. Well, we got to filter out the trolls, though. Some people just come in and get a reaction. I know. Trolls are weird, though. I block most of them, though. People like... You know how I know that they're a troll? They're like... They come at you really shitty, right? As if they don't even like you. And then they go, so what's wrong? You can't take criticism by a fan? And I'm all like, bro, you do not sound like anyone that love me or care. Like, I'm I'm okay with criticism all day, every fucking day. I actually love debating. That's one of my things. I love arguing and debating. Okay. Um, yeah. Let's start with this one right here. So this guy name is Chris Ang. 
let's see. Uh, while I agree that it's so, this is this is going back to the people who are just starting to listen right now. Is we did a video talking about um, why certain Asian males believe that all, all Asian guys have a disadvantage when it comes to dating women, uh, and that it's damn near impossible for us to date outside of our race, which is fucking stupid as fuck. Uh, here we go. Chris Ang says, while I agree that it's mainly a personality and insecurity issue in my experience with dating non-Asian women, I've come to notice slight passive-aggressive microaggressions. Okay. Uh, where it, where it sort of makes me double back a little bit. I've dated people where some had said, to be honest, I've never dated an Asian guy before. I don't understand what's wrong with saying that. How is that a microaggression? I don't know. I mean, I've never got into a serious relationship with a black girl. So if I said that during a date, like, hey, I never got with a black girl before. Yeah. I is that weird? Because that's a fact. Yeah, I don't understand why that's a microaggression. I don't. I don't. I, I don't. Know are if are I you supposed to hide it? Maybe he's not explaining it in a way that maybe, we understand. Maybe I'm. I don't know. Because that's a pretty interesting topic. I think it's a good conversation starter. Because mm-hmm. um, if no one's like, I don't know. Like, let's say. Okay. Well, he says sorry. He goes. When I've asked, it's because they thought Asian men were a little nerdy. I've never experienced that before. Like, I've never literally. S- had a date with a girl who wasn't Asian and yeah. they know I've never dated an Asian guy before and it was because I thought they were nerdy. I've never, ever, ever, ever in my experience ever. And mind you, Damn. I've dated quite a few women who weren't Asian. Yeah. Like, like so uh, I, I don't know. I mean, what I've heard, I'm not, I want to discredit him, but it probably happened. Yeah. What I've heard though, more common was that they didn't have an opinion because they never had an encounter. Yeah. So like I've heard, well, cause I'm from California, right? So there's a lot of us, but then I'll hear like, yeah, there's so many like cute Asian guys at school, but they don't talk to me. And I thought that they're very cliquish. Like this is coming from non-Asians. Mm-hmm. They think Asians are cliquish because. I think a lot of Asian people are cliquish. Yeah. They, and they think that Asian guys only like Asian girls mm-hmm. because that's what they see at school. They just see like Asians just huddling around in the bubble. Mm-hmm. But I also know in the Asian circle, they, they don't think that they're accepted outside. So they stay in their bubble. So it's kind of like this whole, who's going to make the first step to be friends or whatever. But time and time again, I've heard the same thing from a lot of women outside of Asian women. They'll be like, yeah, man, there's so many like good looking Asian guys or whatever, but they never like talk to me. Mm. So I'm like, if you don't shoot your shot, bro, like you don't get that opportunity. Yeah. So it says, even on dating apps, I've had a few women make inappropriate and racist jokes about Asian stereotypes. I know, but that's but that's not very particular to just Asian people. If that person was going to make an Asian joke, they were going to make a black joke, Mexican joke, whatever, depending on, you know, whatever. And come on, bro. Like, honestly, all that shit has to go out the window when you're dating because women test your strength, yeah. your fucking ability to have a sense of humor, your mentality. Are you going to get your panties in a bunch? And at the end of the day, I'll, I fucking guarantee you, man, no freaking girl wants to date a girl. Now, I'm sorry. I'm not doing it very PC. Yeah. But but what I mean by that is when they're in a straight relationship, they don't want to be with a guy that's even more emotional, even more frantic, even more like they want a man who's a fucking solid person who's I don't want to say in control because it's not about that. It's about being calm and being about fucking like you're you're not you're not getting your panties in a bunch every two minutes. It's a fucking nightmare in general to be with someone that's always being upset every two fucking minutes. I can't believe you're dating and it's like, what the fuck dude? Yeah. And so I guess, I mean, he seems pretty reasonable because he goes for me, it's really case by case. Cause it really depends on the person you're dating and the perception of Asian men. And it's not universal across the board that all women think this way. I stand corrected. However, I do think that even with online dating, this gets harder to break past whatever invisible barrier exists because you're not able to land a solid first impression since there's no interaction in, in person. Like I believe I can handle myself so, but online dating is a whole other beast in itself where matching is primarily a surface level superficial means of meeting people that's why I found out that I've had more luck meeting new people outside the apps and actually interacting with folks face to face yeah I 100% agree I 100% agree with that I mean and also all right, put it this way the dating game and the tinder game is completely different you have to game it Um, I know there's this one little uh, Asian kid that he's really good at the tinder game and he even like sold a program on how to like mm-hmm. do that well. But you got to know each platform too. Like 
how to date. I mean, there's a meme that's going around. It's it's like it's like <laughs> this is my LinkedIn profile, my Facebook profile, my Instagram. Like every platform, you have to figure out the strategy for each one. Same with like your approach at the bar is going to be different from your approach within mutual friends. It's you got to adjust to every situation. Yeah, and so. I guess what he's kind of saying is too is this he sees the the negative type of stereotypes that he has to deal with because before he gets to meet them in person, they have a preconceived notion of what an Asian man is, which you right. know we agreed like that's that's possible that that, that can is. happen. I think our, what we were saying is that that's where it stops for everybody. Yeah, they go cool. This is what people think. Okay whatever but you're actually the type of person that we're saying that we enjoy yeah because despite that you still go and you show them what you have to offer in person yeah that, so you're actually it's weird because i don't know if you're refuting what we're saying or if you're on our side i think he's he's just like he's emphasizing, emphasizing yeah that hey there are these barriers that i went through and i know it's it's circumstantial per the individual but it is discouraging when i have to ro- go into that situation yeah so for me when I was mentioning that, see, I'm thinking solutions already instead of being empathetic. So if I was in that situation, it goes two ways. You could either own it, you could roast them back, or you could be upset by it and run away. It's a, it's your choice. But for me, I took it as I would take it as a challenge. Like, oh, you want to be racist? I'll fuck you up too. But I make it playful, man. I never get aggressive with women like that. Like, like don't get your panties in a bunch and fight them like... That's not what a man yeah. does. Like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah, it's all good, too. I, I think, like, this guy, like, deals with the situations very well, too. He's like, well, I'm, yeah, also, too, if people say that type of weird, I, don't, I hate using the word racist. I, do, I would say just uneducated. Yeah. Uneducated comments, then. Because racism is pretty extreme. It's pretty, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty extreme word. So I'm, I'm going to steer away from racism <laughs> on that word. I'm going to just say uneducated. Bro, because right? I had a friend who was with a ignorant ass like bimbo girl she's from the valley typical valley girl right and then he told me um they were all at a party and then she was like basically telling her friends like um me and my boy gonna go fucky fucky now Mm -hmm. like doing that asian accent she was white and he's all like oh fuck yeah i'm gonna fucking drill that pussy yeah so (laughs) she was objectifying him and using that Racist, haha, I'm gonna go fucky fucky him. But he's right? gonna get pussy, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's like, who's really okay? So, who's really the one on top here? Like, yeah, he 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 went right back and degraded or her like womanness. Like, I fuck, I'm gonna pound that pussy, whatever he said his thing, and everyone laughed. Um, she said a racist thing, whatever, right? But they were cool with that, yeah, and that's all circumstantial stuff, too. So, I, I'm pretty sure. Like that's more like you know they had that relationship, so it kind of makes sense. You get away with a lot more shit when you're when you know the person. Yeah, so it makes sense. I mean, I, I, yeah, I agree with this guy though, hundred percent. Like, the, the, I think he acknowledges that there are things that, uh, from his experience, that right. he as an Asian man goes through. But he's also the type of guy that we like because it's like it doesn't fucking matter though. I'm still gonna go on this date. Yeah, and I think. I think just using the word racism in that kind of sense is kind it's of pretty extreme. pretty extreme because she still wanted to go on a date with you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. yeah. And I'm on, I'm only talking about guys who are quick to change their um, the mood of the situation and get all upset. Yeah. So like, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, yeah. right? They get like, mm-hmm. what do you mean by that? And then yeah. it's like, oh, bro, oh God, like, you're 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 such a little bitch. Yeah. Like I don't even know how to explain it. Like. And man, I know I'm going to get all fucked up for, for, for butchering the example when I said like girls don't want to date girls at the end of the day, right? Like there is, regardless of your gay, lesbian, straight, there is feminine energy and there's masculine energy is what I'm trying to point out. Mm. Not necessarily the gender girl, girl, guy, guy, right? Yeah. And each relationship, I think that. A feminine doesn't want another feminine energy. Kind so, of the yin and the yang concept, exactly. right? Exactly. That's, that's what I'm trying to point out yeah. is like, okay, so and if you're in a straight relationship, a, a woman's looking for a man. And I know these days it's controversial because gender is such a topic that's taboo right now, right? But I, I personally think that when you're in these situations, right, you're sexualizing each other, you're seeing if... If if this is a good mate, 
Not only that, is this someone that I can rely on? And you got to think about the characteristics a female is looking for if she's feminine. And she doesn't necessarily have to be feminine in the traditional sense, like, like make a sandwich, bitch, like that degrading <laughs> feminine, yeah. right? I'm talking about like if she wants someone that's going to be her rock, her support, someone who's a leader, someone who's this or someone who's a partner. When I say leader, they, I'm trying, I'm not making her a subordinate or whatever, but like someone who's confident, someone who they can rely on. I guarantee you she's testing you on the fucking de- date just like you should be testing her. But when, 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 when they're doing this kind of stuff, they're seeing if you get upset quick. They're seeing like what kind of a human being you are. Also, just don't read into too much shit when on a first date, man. It's a first date. Just chill. That's what I and always have say. have fun, man, right? Just have fun. Yeah. I think so, so, y'all dissect shit too much sometimes, man. When I'm on a first date, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying to chop it up and see if I like you first. Then That's we can true. get into deeper conversation on the second date. If the first date happens to just steer that way, then yeah. But, you know, don't... I guess, like, if you're looking to develop a relationship, don't fuck on the fucking first date, man. Like... <laughs> Yeah. Well, you good relationships could come from that too. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about the energy yeah. level, man. But yeah, it's hard to explain. I think I got a we could do a whole other podcast about yeah. that feminine and female and yeah. uh, male energy, the yin and yang. Um, we don't put enough emphasis on that. Like everything is such blanket shit. Everything is so like there's just a general rule to everything. Yeah. And I'm like why do people think like this? It's crazy. Look at this one. This one's interesting. Okay. Uh, being a Hmong woman, I used to say I didn't like Asian men and I would never date slash marry one. Growing up in the Hmong tradition with the idea drilled into our heads on how men have roles and women are forced to fit in this mold from such a young age was very upsetting. It's very true. I know a lot of Hmong people in Sacramento that told me about shit like this. Like I, I, this is like an old tradition where they would go into the house and yeah. kidnap them and shit. Like it's, it's, I'm not sure if it's, I'm pretty sure it's really not practiced that widely now, but that was like some old traditional shit yeah. where they would just steal the women in the middle of the night or some shit. Uh, now that I've grown up and I've brought in my sense of thinking and understanding of who I am as a person, I realized it wasn't that I didn't like Asian men. It was I didn't like certain traits about Asian men I was surrounded by in my family. And I thought all Asian men carried these traits because of all the men in my family were the same. I felt they were shallow, spoiled, ungrateful, and ignorant. So throughout my life, I steered away from Asian men. But I got older and saw that not all, all Asian men are Hmong and not all Asian races carry these traditions on strict gender roles that I fortunately broke out of. And thinking back, I truly wish I had been more open-minded when I was younger. Maybe then I would have seen Asian men in a different light. And now I'm dating a Mexican. <laughs> that's tight. <laughs> Dude, Dude, usually when, fucking funny. <laughs> that's another topic that I think people wanted us to talk about. They're like, hey, man, like you guys are bashing Asian guys, but what about all the Asian girls that hate themselves and date white guys? And well, I'm they all can like, go fuck themselves. And I'm like, take them. Who cares? Yeah, take them. That's their problem or like their prerogative, right? Yeah. It's not a problem. But if you want me to comment on that, I've made a video about this before. And I said, why is it that when we make this approach to, it's almost as if you're entitled to these Asian girls and they don't have a choice. Yeah. But also if they have self-hate, they have self-hate. Fuck them. Yeah. But there's a other part of me that's like now, okay, just like this girl situation, she's like, it was my own family I was fighting against. And usually that's the case. Mm-hmm. When she says, when an Asian girl says, I only date white guys, she had a very bad experience with Asian men. It could be dark. It could be she was molested by her family members. It could be she was abused physically. She probably has a deadbeat fucking father. Or sometimes these Asian girls only grew up around white dudes. There's a lot of different so variables. That's the flavor they're used to is what it is, man. Or they could. I've met batshit crazy Asian women where they're just a little too nuts for our culture. But, you know, they peas in the pod, right? Like they find other crazy guys of mm-hmm. other cultures that will date them. There's so many different variables. But in, at the end of the day, if people want to hate themselves, let them fucking hate themselves. Don't obsess over it. Yeah. Why are you why are you obsessed over this one fucking fuck faced individual? Like if yeah. she's this self hating Asian girl, that's just her. Like you just can't let her represent all the other Asian women and then scorn you from that shit. Yeah. Because like for me, too, I, I never thought I'd be with the Korean girl because of just the type of women that I grew around with were mainly Vietnamese and black and Mexican. So like I didn't grow up around too many Korean women besides yeah. my mom and my mom's fucking a psychopath. Yeah. So like I'm like, eh. 
I'm good off that. But it turns out I'm engaged to a Korean girl. Like she, she, and but it wasn't a top in your pri- preference. It, it was not. Right? It, it was, was like Vietnamese girls, right? Yeah. Like my, my shit was straight up Vietnamese and fucking Mexican. Like, yeah. you know, it is what it was. And also black girls too. But like it's, but it just, that's just because that's what I grew up with. And I, people think I have a white fetish, but at the end of the day, I have a nice ass fetish. Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> it's a booty fetish. And to me, I, Okay, at the end of the day, the way I look at it is this. Um, not a lot of women will put up with me. I'm fucking crazy. Yeah. So to me, I'm like thankful that anybody would stay with me. <laughs> yeah. I've said this on another back podcast too. I'm all like, guys, like it's hard enough to keep a relationship, period. Mm-hmm. It's not fucking easy, man. So when you're out here hating on other people for dating interracially or maybe they have a preference or whatever like guys dude fucking who cares it's hard to find love it's hard who cares man also you're in america too it's just a melting pot of a bunch of random fucking people it's bound to happen it really is like just just to be upset at somebody else for dating outside of their race because you feel like they're backstabbing your culture you do realize you're in america right like this is america this this isn't we're like it's a mixing pot of multiple cultures so it's bound to happen and it's going to happen more and more often especially after my generation too yeah it gets more and more like that especially in this country it's just how this country is progressing if you wanted to stay in one area you wanted to date only your culture you should probably stay in your country then yep it, not, not, it sounds a little trumpy from when i said that but shit but i'm saying by like stay in your country is like if you're used to having things the way that you wanted that you liked in that country then why'd you move in the first place yeah right that's something my dad had to learn he, he didn't understand why I, I I was so quote unquote American. It's like, bro, you raised me here. What the fuck? <laughs> he didn't understand that? No, I think my mom had to break it down to him. My mom literally told him like, yo, you're the reason why we came to this country. Yeah. So how can you be mad at your son for having American dreams and American wants? If you wanted him to be a Korean, Korean kid, we should have stayed in Korea. Yeah. We should have stayed in Korea. That's the most ridiculous thing <laughs> I've ever heard. And, why are you so German? Dad, we're in Germany. Yeah, nice, nice then, dude. A lot, a, a lot of fucking, uh, a lot of Mariel's friends too. They they they're all married to like white people. Oh, interesting. I don't like I. For me, I don't understand it. You know, only because I know that they grew up mainly around Asian people. Well, their neighborhood was half Asian, half white, though, right? Oh, probably right. So yeah, like for me, I can't. I it was hard for me to see me date somebody who was uh, or be in a long term relationship with somebody who was white because it's just something I didn't grow up with, mm-hmm. and culturally we didn't really mesh that well. But I found yeah. a lot of cultural similarities with fucking uh, Mexican people and black people. So it's, yeah, same here. It was a lot easier. Yeah. You know, that that's really just what it boils down to. There's really no deep thought into it other than that. It's just I'm, what I'm comfortable with. But what I've noticed though is yes there's that culture but at the end of the day class culture to me i connect way more than ethnic culture Mm. because um yeah i connected a lot with with jess even though you know she is of the tortilla skin yeah the tortilla skin (laughs) because if you think about it right like um even within asians Mm -hmm. i connect more with other races that came from the same economic background that I did in the in the upbringing like yeah. that than I do with rich Asians. Rich Asian kids, I have friends, but it's hard to like deeply connect mm-hmm. because um, it's just different, man. Their thought, their the way that they go by making yeah. friends, everything. And I don't want to make a blanket statement, but my personal experience throughout life has been that. Yeah. It might be different now, man. Yeah, it's it's just all about what we bring to the table, man. I mean, just to wrap this up, I mean, if I could give you another example, there was a girl that I dated. Uh, we dated for a couple of months, but she specifically only dated black dudes. And I was her first Asian boyfriend. But was she Asian? No, uh, she was Filipino. Oh. So she was basically black. And so <laughs> they're like, we call it like, if y'all know, like, I feel like Filipino people and Samoan people, they're like the closest thing to being like black Asians as possible. They're the hip hop Asians. They got, no, no, I think uh, Filipinos are like the Puerto Ricans. Puerto Ricans. Asians. Yeah. Because they have that Latin flavor and there's like black kind of flavor. And gi- Chinese people are the Mexicans of Asians. Like we, we, we got, <laughs> this is the closest thing you get a Mexican. But uh, yeah, I was the first, and I remember I was the first Asian guy that she ever been, I had no idea. Dang, I didn't know that yeah. she like specifically only dated black dudes until she met me. Yeah. And she so was, you were the gateway. I was, I was her gateway <laughs> drug. I don't know who she's with now, but you know, that was kind of cool. I was like, oh shit. And you know, I remember I asked her, I was like, well, why'd you decide to date me? She's like, no, I just liked you. 
that's it. Yeah. That's that's all that it was. She had a preconceived um, perception of what she wanted in a male, and it was a long dick black guy. And then she got herself an average dick Korean, fat Korean dude, and she enjoyed it. And she actually said after I broke up with her that I was the best boyfriend that she ever had. Wow. Yeah, because of the See way that, that I treated her. It's all about individual, leaving a mark on a person's impression just by yourself and just being responsible for that, man. Yeah, and it was a very weird statement for her to say that after I broke up with her because we were barely together for that long. Oh I was like, God. how so shitty means- were you? treated before I, that, that kind of freaked me out a little bit well the younger we are too we basically have the most shittiest experiences yeah, yeah. for sure well guys that wraps up this podcast it's basically a follow-up of that last podcast uh hope that clarified a few things leave in the comments below have conversation like you guys can agree or disagree it's completely fine just don't don't yell at people man and uh, we go in there and talk some shit too yeah sometimes i just talk shit just to talk shit but uh, remember every thursday and every sunday there's a genius brain podcast uh different topics we're just here to be with you on your commute if you see us on that itunes give us that five star if you're in youtube give us a thumbs up uh share this shit with everybody else and leave in the comments below about stuff that you want to see or discuss about the topic that we're talking about today we will see you all next time bitches happy boss day to you